And when I started to live into the realization that I am worthy and that I do deserve it, my millions just started flowing like a river. Welcome to the Redefining Wealth Podcast, Dr. Darnell. I'm so excited to be here. Ooh, I'm so excited. This is not your first time on the podcast. It's not. But this is our first time doing it in person. in person. And remember, the last time I was here, I told the story about how you were on my vision board that I wanted to be on your show. And now, and now I'm on a repeat. Ooh, and only few people can say that. Yes. So shout out to you. And I'm so excited about why you're here. So we're here to talk about your new book, Move to Millions. Yay. I'm so excited. <sighs> I'm excited. But before we get to Dr. Darnell, let's do the affirmation of the week. You know, you got to speak positivity into your life, into your day. You gotta affirm positivity. You gotta affirm abundance. You gotta affirm yourself to well. I am making my move to millions. I am boldly and confidently making my move towards millions of dollars. And I recognize that wealth and success are achievable through focused effort and dedication. My actions are purposeful and I continuously seek opportunities to grow my financial abundance. I am not limited by doubt or fear. I am propelled by faith and ambition. As I make my move to millions, I embrace the journey towards financial freedom and the possibilities it brings. I am making my move to millions. I want you to take a second to just reintroduce yourself to the Redefining Wealth audience. Absolutely. So I am Dr. Danielle Jervie-Harmon. My name means the secret place where dreamers go to dream. I am first and foremost a God girl. And the mission and mantle and mandate on my life is to show entrepreneurs and service-based business owners the path to unlock their millions. And I'm excited to be here. Ah, I love it. And Danielle is one of my real friends in real life. So I said Dr. Danielle when we started, but I honor you, friend. I just want to say that. But for the flow of conversation, I'm going to just start saying D-money and D and all the other things. It's all good. That I actually refer to you guys. Okay. So I love that in Move to Millions, you talk about started from the bottom, now we're here, the Mm -hmm, Drake song. mm -hmm. And people often, see, you're already doing (laughs) a shimmy. You can't say that without. You can't. Like, yeah, it's part of it. Right. That's why I put my shoulder out on this episode. I like that So that they can see the shoulder shimmy. Okay. You talked about, we started from the bottom, now we're here. So here today for you looks like what? I run a multi-million dollar company. I am a multi-millionaire. I am married to my best friend. I have an amazing team that supports me, that allows me to not have to work in my business, but instead of on my business. And if I were chasing anything, I would be chasing purpose and not money. Because you know, here on Redefining (laughs) Wealth, we don't chase money. And I just really, I love my life. I'm a surrendered vessel. I do everything that I do that God might get the glory and the only attachment I have to anything, the only outcome I'm concerned about is that he be glorified. That's it. And that's a beautiful here to be. It is. And I think often we see successful 
men and women like you, and we are inspired by the here. But I think that the true inspiration comes from the started from the bottom. The bottom. <laughs> yes. So in the book, you take us back to what some of the bottom look like. And I think that it is so important, especially for our audience, because like you said, at Redefining Wealth, we talk about chase purpose, not money. And I know just even looking at the title of this episode or knowing that the book is called Move to Millions, there are some people who are immediately like, oh, well, this is about chasing money. And it's absolutely not for you. No. But I want people, before we get into all of that, to hear where the bottom actually was. Yeah. So the bottom bottom was being born to drug addicted turned crack addicted parents. My mom going to jail when I was eight and moving in with my father and my stepmother, who I used to hear on the phone talking to her mama or her girlfriend saying, I just wish Jeannie would come and get her kids to shifting the here to by the time I was 16, I had started working at 13 just to be able to have more than my basic needs met. My dad stole $7,500 from me. By the time I got to college, I was fortunate enough to go on a full scholarship, $40,000 in credit card debt, although I had no student loans. By the time I was 32 years old, a quarter of a million dollars in credit card debt. By the time I was 35 years old, I was bankrupt, but by the time I was 38, I was a millionaire. So in addition to that, like in my business, I hold live events. That's my primary way Mm -hmm. of serving through our company. And my very first event was held at a Howard Johnson. But it was a high-end event. I remember in the book, you're like a high-end event at the Howard Johnson. I mean, people paid, the tickets were like, back then, this was 2011, people paid $1,500 to be at the Mm -hmm. event. And we was at the Hojo. Mm -hmm. The Hojo. Like my event manager, who is now your event manager, she worked wonders on that room. Like it was a mess. I mean, it was so bad that we left all of our equipment in there because that's what you could do at a good hotel. We came back the next day and someone had broken and stole all of our stuff. Oh my God. It was the bottom. Like, I was like, why did they take my hard drive though? (laughs) I mean, take the laptop, but what you going to do with my files? Like, I'm literally finishing the rest of my event without any content. I mean, that was before content is what it is today. Oh my gosh. The bottom was believing that although I knew my gifts and my talents, I wasn't worthy of love and that I was going to be alone. Like the story I started telling myself when my mom went to jail was that people tell you they love you and they leave you. And so I had three failed engagements, great men. Well, the first one, he left a little bit to be desired, (laughs) but great men that I sabotaged because I told myself that I didn't deserve to be loved and that my existence didn't matter. The whole reason why I'm going to jump a little bit, but it's still part of the bottom. We hit the million dollar mark the very first time is because I was trying to substantiate my existence. Yeah. And I thought if I made millions of dollars, then people would look at me and I might matter. But what I realized in this journey and especially in writing the book and reflecting is that it's not about any of that stuff. It's about seeing myself the way that God has always seen me. He's always seen me this way. Mm -hmm. And when I started to live into the realization that I am worthy and that I do deserve it, my millions just started flowing like a river. Mm -hmm. And that's a big part of the reason why I wrote the book, why I'm going to do this work is because I want other people to realize that they do deserve it. This is why we're friends. Yeah. And this is why... You listened to the podcast and then why we ended up becoming friends anyway, 
is because that speaks to the heart of what redefining wealth is because so many people are chasing money, Mm -hmm. thinking that's the key to significance, thinking it's the key to love, that it's the key to any number of things. But the truth is you can make it, but will you sustain it? Because you can only live from that place and operate from that place for for so so long long until you burn out, give up. And start to even question whether your gifts are gifts in the first place because mm-hmm. you weren't really using them from a place of service. You were using them to prove your worthiness. Right. <sighs> well, I'm so glad you got delivered. From Honey, it. listen, <laughs> listen I'm so, and I'm so grateful too. you know, I always say no one goes to bed a blunder and wakes up a wonder like it is a journey. And the transparency of the journey is really important to me. You know, there's so many people out there who probably technically do the same thing that I do or the same thing that you do, but they are unwilling to be vulnerable and transparent about their own trajectory. And that is why they're not able to transform lives. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I just, it's necessary for the season that we live in right now that people like us create an environment for other people to experience transformation through what we've been through and what we've been able to get over to get to where it is that we desire to be in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because us giving voice to these things are what creates that ripple effect of liberation. Correct. For others, right? When we give ourselves permission to say yes, Mm -hmm. as you say, then it gives other people permission to say yes. One of the things that I love is that you talk about Miss Dixon, mm-hmm. who was your saving grace, she was. who introduced you to journaling at 10 years old. Now, you know, reading that lit me up because you know, a good journal, share where you were and what was going on in your life at the time Miss Dixon made this impression on you. Yeah, absolutely. So I was 10 and my mom had been in jail at this point for a couple of years. And I was angry. No, I wasn't angry. I was pissed. I was mad at everyone in the world because, again, my dad was with my stepmom and she made it known that she wished we weren't there. We ruined her happily ever after. And so I'm a young girl. I'm very impressionable and I'm constantly questioning who I am. And the way that I responded to everything was with anger. Mm. And Mrs. Dixon did not see angry black girl. She saw promise and potential. And she rewarded my promise and potential with my very first journal. It was nothing special, not like the journals I have today. It was Mm -hmm. a composition notebook. And she simply said, every time you get angry, I want you to write. Two weeks later, (laughs) two weeks later, I had a full journal and I had a new outlook on life. I wanted to use words to change the lives of other people because having the permission and the courage to say what I needed to say It was so liberating and the way it made me feel like instant elevation. Like I know today that I was vibrating at the lowest of levels at 10 years old. I know today that as a result of Miss Dixon, I started to vibrate high enough to experience abundance that's always expanding around us every single moment of every day. And I'm just so grateful, not only because of that, but also because we kept in touch and I was able to eulogize her when she passed Wow! many years later. Yeah. So if you're a teacher, 
I just want to, for two seconds, I just want to celebrate who you are and let you know that you matter. And that child that you can see beyond whatever they bring into your classroom and you hone and you love on and you honor it, it's going to plant a seed that's going to turn them into an amazing champion for the planet one day. Mm -hmm. So don't stop teachers. Don't stop because we need you so much. We need you. You know, I'm so glad you took a moment to do that because I talk about Ms. Boynton all the time. Mm -hmm. I know you listen to the podcast, yep. so you had to have heard me talk about my first grade teacher, Ms. Boynton, mm -hmm. Evelyn Boynton, who resided in Los Angeles, California, mm -hmm. was my teacher at 42nd Street Elementary School <laughs> in Lamert Park. Ms. Boynton is the one who told me, Patrice, when you know something, she actually called me Miss Cunningham. Mm -hmm. When you know something, you have a responsibility to share that with your friends. Mm. And her planting that seed taught me in first grade, it wasn't enough for me to just be smart for myself. Yeah. Because the problem was I would want to answer all the questions because I always knew all the answers. And I raised my hand, raised my hand, raised my hand. And then she one day was like, I'm not calling on you. Put mm -hmm. your hand down. And I like threw my head on the desk. Mm -hmm. I was like, who does she think this is? But that was also the place where I felt most heard mm -hmm. was at school, not mm -hmm. at home, because at home I was taught to be silent. Yeah. And when she taught me that that's how you should channel your gift, essentially, like you're gifted, but for what? You think it's just for you? No, you have a responsibility to help yeah. your friends. Ms. Boynton is why I am who I am. Yeah. I believe that wholeheartedly. And she's the only person. Now, she might say I talks too much on that report card. <laughs> right. But she was the one who taught me how to channel it for good. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. So, again, teachers, do your thing. I know we get on your nerves. I know these <laughs> kids. I know my child. I'm not going to say what school <laughs> she's at. But I tell her teachers at the beginning of every year, I'm like, Reagan is a wonderful child. And then also, <laughs> she going to talk, but you have to channel it. Yeah. And the teachers that do, you get it, you get it. Anyway. So move to millions. Mm -hmm. It's so good, friend. Thank I'm you. so proud of you. Thank you. And I know you've written books before. I have. But, but this, this is a book but, I was born to write. I was born to write this book. And what I love is that it's not just a money and business book, right? What, how do you kind of frame this book? Because I don't think it's a money and business book at all. Yeah. I say it's part memoir and part methodology mm -hmm. because... Most of the business books that are out there only give you hardcore strategy. And if it were only sh about strategy, we'd all be making millions. Everybody could do it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the ability to hear move to millions and then to hear God give me the acronym and to question the acronym, but also to be like, okay, I can rock with that. So the O, operational obedience, is all the things that no one thinks they have to do to make millions of dollars inside of their company. And so being able to talk about surrender and alignment and forgiveness. And forgiveness. <laughs> I knew it was coming. That's <laughs> my favorite is to talk about forgiveness. If you got a money problem, check your forgiveness. I promise you, if you forgive whomever you need to forgive, the money will start flowing again. Okay, wait, we just gonna have to camp out there. Okay. Because that just calls, we was with you on the millions. We was with you on the move to millions. Yeah. We might've been with you on surrender, mm -hmm. but forgiveness and the idea that our millions are stuck in our unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. How did you get that revelation? Oh my gosh, okay. I'm so glad you asked me this. So, and I kind of alluded to this when I was introducing myself, but my anointing is for money. Mm -hmm. And... I would often have problems with money. 
And I've known probably since I was 17 or 18 that I've had this anointing for money. Later, friends started calling it or started calling me a prophet for profits, Mm -hmm. right? And so when I was 37, I think it was, I crossed the million dollar mark for the very first time. I had set the goal each year up until that point because I always knew that I was supposed to be a millionaire and I was supposed to have millions, but I couldn't realize it. And it wasn't actually until I sat down to start writing this book. If you didn't come from millions, millions should come from you. Hey, Purpose Chasers, Dr. Danielle Jervie Harmon here, and I need you to stop what you're doing and get your copy of my brand new book, Move to Millions, the proven framework to become a million-dollar CEO with grace and ease and hustle and grind. Go right now to movetomillionsbook.com to grab your copy. That I realized the reason... The trigger for hitting the million dollar mark the first time was that I had finally released someone who I had been holding accountable and didn't give them the permission to evolve because it was easier for them to be the blame and the reason why I couldn't have whatever it was that I wanted to have at that particular point in time. So the year was 2014 and I was working with a coach at the time who one of my Achilles heels is comparison. And so I would often compare myself to other people, my day one to their day, 200,028 and 10, (laughs) right? And so I was comparing myself to my coach at the time. And I said, I'm just going to make my prices her prices and just see where I would be in my business. And when I did that, I realized that I would already have a million dollar company. This is 2014. So I did. I changed all the prices. And then we crossed the million dollar mark in three days. But what I realized when I sat down to write this book, is that was also the same time that I'm not going to say the name because she might be a listener of your podcast, but that was also the time that I forgave the person who I felt have wronged me the most in life. And that was the sole antagonist to my story for the majority of my life up until that point. And I had finally just decided, I had gotten the book Forgiving Forward by Bruce and Tony Hebel. Love that book. Highly recommend it. Give it to my client. Every If you become my client, you get in a copy because everybody needs to read Forgiving Forward. And I went through the process of doing the protocol. I did it every day for a year. I mean, not every day, every week for a year. Mm-hmm. On the 365th day, I finally felt the release that I could let that person go. I could remove the mm-hmm. obligation. And in so doing, what I now realize, hindsight is twenty twenty, is that everything in my life really started to shift. That was the year with no additional marketing effort. We had 265 people at my live event. The previous year, we had 78. We didn't do anything different. Everything was exactly mm. the same, but there was 265 people in the room. God said to me at that point, If you take a bold stand for me, I will make it easy. Well, you can't take a bold stand for God without looking at Mark 11, verses 20 through 26. Jesus and the disciples are walking to Bethany. Jesus gets hungry. He sees the fig tree. He wants a fig Newton. He goes, (laughs) the tree's not producing. He curses the tree. They keep walking. The next day as they're coming back, the disciples are marveled at the fact that this tree went ahead and shriveled up and died. They cannot believe it. And Jesus sees it as a teachable moment. And he turns and he says to them, 
You can tell any mountain to move and it will move in these conditions. First, you have to speak it. Then you have to believe. Then you have to not doubt it. And then you got to forgive. If you forgive your brother so that your father in heaven can continue to forgive you, any mountain can move. Mm. The mountain of money, the mountain of a business that doesn't have clients, the mountain of not being invited to the stages or podcasts, not having the love you want to have in your life, the mountain of the weight that is extra around your waist. Any mountain can move if you first forgive. And so when I realized that, I now, every single week, I run the forgiveness protocol. Like, I don't, I'm like wow. Lorenz Tate in Love Jones. You remember that scene when him and Nia's character had gotten back together and she wanted him to sleep on the couch? And he said, no, you can give me mine right now. And we've already done it. You can give me mine right now. You don't have to save mine for later. That's me. <laughs> you don't have to save mine for later, God. You can give me mine now, Jesus. So let me go on and forgive because I'm not willing to allow anything to separate me from what God has already earmarked mm. and ordained for me to experience in this life. You know what I hear, though? I hear people already, myself possibly included, wanting to do the forgiveness protocol for the performance of it. Mm. To be able to say, okay, I forgive. But how do you know when you actually feel the release? Yeah. Like what is a marker for if someone brings up, you know, whoever the antagonist is in your story, mm -hmm. is it your response? It's what happens in your body. Your body mm. keeps score. When we're in alignment, when we're in a in flow, everything is moving. If you hear a person's name and there is tension brought into your body, mm -hmm. tension in any way, a lump in your throat, a knot in your stomach, your shoulders, that means you haven't done your work and you need to keep forgiving. <sighs> and forgiveness is a perpetual, continual act. It's not a one and done. I have had to run people. I mean, listen, I'm a business owner. I've had clients who haven't paid their bills. I've had people default that I see online gallivanting around the <laughs> world and hiring other coaches and consultants. And I've had to run them through the protocol. Mm. I've had to do it. I remember this quick story. I won't say any names, but I had a, a client who I did an event in, I think we were in Dallas and she, you know, paid the deposit, came, did a testimonial about how amazing the experience was. And went home and reported the card as for our, the charges fraud. So they came and got the money. And because she did that, I couldn't reprocess it. I didn't have a new credit card, right? So the balance, I think it was the final payment was like $2,300. Years later, she ordered my Move to Millions business growth planner for $49 from my website, Patrice. Do you know, I sent her an email and refunded her $49 and told her that until she paid me my $2,300, she could not have my $49 planner. And she did. And here's the thing. The week before, I finally got the release in my body when I ran her name through the protocol. Mm. So every client who has defaulted, y'all on the list. Right. <laughs> keep running you until I get the clearance. But no, like seriously, like I finally released her and immediately upon releasing, the money came in. She paid the $2,300 that she owed me and the $49 planner and ended up enrolling and paying $18,000 in full in my next program because she don't have good credit with us anymore. So she can't get a payment plan. I know that's right. But she did <laughs> all of that. Wow. On the strength of my forgiveness of her. But also, I'm amazed 
at how this protocol must work because you still gave her grace I and see. allowed her to come into the mastermind. Because God gives me grace. Wow. Who am I that I don't have a heaven or a hell to put anybody in? Mm-hmm. And I'm a human being and I'm going to be a human being first. Yes, I'm a businesswoman and I am a stone cold businesswoman when I need to be, but I am God's most prized daughter. And I am in a, a representation of who he is in my life and the amount of grace that he has extended to me. I remember another bottom moment when I was in college. My mom was a booster. We were the best dress kids in the projects. For those of you who don't know, because <laughs> we come from all over the world <laughs> yes. here at Redefining Wealth, a booster is essentially that person that is a shoplifter. Yes. yes. And so... Most boosters' children do stay fly. Yeah, there you go. We were so fly. (laughs) And when I was in college, I mean, I'm not embarrassed anymore, but there was a a period of years where I was so embarrassed. I used to steal for the thrill of it because my mom did it and got away with like, that's not why she went to jail. She went to jail for drugs, not for stealing. (laughs) And I remember one time I was at a supermarket near campus and I went there and I had money. But I stole turkey lunch meat. I can't believe I'm saying this on the Redefining Wealth Podcast. Turkey lunch meat, some sliced deli cheese, and a card for my father. Ooh. (laughs) And the man up in the booth saw me, Patrice, and he came ever. He was so graceful. He came and he said, I need you to come with me. And I'm like, my heart is beating out of my chest. Oh, my gosh. And he took me to the back room and he's like, Give me, give me all of it. And I took the stuff out. And he was like, you're going to give your dad this stolen card. I was going to give my dad that stolen card. And the thing is, I had the money, but it was the thrill of it. And he gave me so much grace because he could have sent me to jail. Yeah. And that could have changed the trajectory of your life. The whole trajectory. And moments like that are why I extend grace. And my team would tell you, like, I'm too nice. Mm-hmm. Cause I will still coach. I will. You will tell me that you owe me money, and I will coach you on, on how, how to, to get, get the money, money to pay me back. To pay me. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting better. I'm getting yeah. better. You can't get over on me anymore as much. But I just have this this grace because God is my source, not my clients. That's right. I have a confession to make. My relationship with looking good is so complicated. I don't know if you're anything like me, but I like high quality clothes. I just don't like going shopping and I definitely don't always want to pay high quality prices, if you know what I'm saying. Plus, I don't always want to wear the same stuff over and over again. So I was super excited when I found out about the clothing rental membership armoire because they are making getting dressed stylish, but super easy. When I signed up, I took a five minute style quiz and based on my preferences, they offered suggestions that would best match my lifestyle. I'm filming in a few weeks and I literally just got the cutest blazers delivered to my door in as little as two days. And when I'm ready for new clothes, I can just swap them out for more new-to-me styles. So whether you're planning your outfit for a date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for some black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room and you won't have to feel bad for only wearing something once. Now, What I also love is that Armoire is woman-founded and women-led. They even spotlight women-owned designers on their website, so I know I'm wearing brands that are aligned with my values. I love that I can support a business that's built by women like me. If you're ready to have your dream closet delivered to your door, you might want to try Armoire. I promise you will never be without the perfect outfit for any occasion ever again. And right now, Redefining Wealth listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. 
That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash wealth. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash wealth to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. And so I always think about, remember when we used to wear those, what would Jesus do bracelets, Mm -hmm. right? I always think, what would Jesus do? And so I extend grace because grace is constantly extended to me. And I don't lose anything by being graceful, but that might be what that person needs. Yeah. In order to not go home and slit their wrists Mm -hmm. or do whatever they might do if left to the desperation that ensues when you have a money problem. Mm. And I'm just... I'm just not ever willing to do or to make money the reason why I do anything that I do. Mm. I got to pull. And for, yeah, I was going to say, for those of you who are not watching, there's this teardrop that just has been rolling down your eye and just the sincerity of that. And when you think about, when I think about, and I told you before we start filming Mm. that the last four or five months, I've cried more. And y'all know on this podcast, I've said, I don't know, I don't cry. I wasn't taught to like honor my emotions. Mm-hmm. But more recently, just reflecting on the journey and all the times that a different decision would have taken me down a completely different path. Yeah. And I would not be Patrice Washington or the Patrice Washington that people know today. Mm-hmm. I'm forever grateful. Yeah. Like I'm so grateful. For all the times that God showed me grace as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. yeah. And for how God could use us in our imperfection. Mm-hmm. All of the flaws, yeah. all of the imperfections, all of the failures, all the things that you listed as the bottom. And yet you have been able to move to millions and then take how many clients to the 40, 40 clients now in how yeah. many years? And we've only really been keeping track the last two and a half years. 40 clients in the last two and a half years have moved to millions. I think y'all need to get this book. So one of the things that really stood out to me in the book is where, you know, it talks about that the book is not really about um, money, but about birthright and significance. Mm -hmm. And then you use a term. It was called increasing your deserve level. Mm -hmm. So in addition to forgiving, what does it mean to increase your deserve level? Yeah. So many of us were born and raised religiously. And depending upon the denomination that you were raised in, you may have been like me, who was actually taught to pray, I am not worthy. Like literally, I was taught to pray those words. Yeah. And there are songs that y'all be bopping and listening to when the choir is hitting the the alto, the soprano (laughs) and the tenor version, where they are saying, I am not worthy. I love the Bible app, Mm -hmm. the you app. But there are some of those daily things where they talk about in the prayers about unworthiness. No, we were created in God's image and likeness. Genesis 1 and 26. Let us make man in our own image and likeness. Let us give him dominion over the earth and the power to subdue. The power to subdue means everything falls under your authority. That's who we are, but that's not what we are taught. Mm -hmm. You know, depending, I think our parents did the best that they could with what they had. Yep. I'm also clear that their best was not God's best. And we don't hold them for that. We honor that they did the best that they could. And they were only regurgitating what was done to them. It's a vicious cycle. It's a terrible ripple. But we are taught 
and or we catch, we are taught or we it's caught that we are not worthy. When you, I think about the first time I learned about something called money. Mm. I was six and I was in the grocery store with my mom. And when I put my little candy up to be purchased and I got backhanded and she said, money is only for what you need. Mm. I internalized that to mean that I was not worthy of candy. And how many of us have done the same thing? Our worth is tied to what we were taught and what we caught from those who raised us. And we're mm-hmm. trying to be a whole adults yeah, running whole businesses with that mindset, with that mindset. Yeah. And this is why I talk about even when you identify your gifts and you start to pursue your purpose. There's a lot of limiting beliefs Mm -hmm. that we all hold that stem from childhood. Absolutely. And that's a part of it is going back and identifying that moment at six years old at the register. Like, what was that about? Because believe it or not, that's impacting your way. Absolutely. How you charge. Absolutely. And how you negotiate and all those things. And then you even talk about in chapter four, um, you talk about the mindset for millions. And you said, we weren't poor, but the way my dad saw money made me feel poor. Yeah, he, what's the saying? Like you pinch a penny and a 25 cents falls out. <laughs> like he was, uh, I don't even know what the word is. He was um, a miser. A miser. He was so, he was beyond frugal. Mm-hmm. And everything that cost money, what the answer was no. And I know today as a 47 year old adult that it was because he had a habit to maintain and protect. He, my dad was a very functional addict. He never hit the proverbial rock bottom. He never lost anything. Mm. And so any extra money was going to his habit. He would go to work on Friday and we would see him again on Monday after work. All weekend, he would be binging in some crack house somewhere. I mean, there was there was something significant that God wanted him to do, which is why he never overdosed, which is like bananas to me. Like I was just watching that docu-series on Netflix about the opioid em- mm-hmm. epidemic. And I was just like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, but I mean, every day I heard him say, you got to work hard for money. Money doesn't grow on a tree out back. Like all of those little axioms that we say to our children, or those of you who have children who say that to your kids today without even realizing the significance and what the it's going to do to them. planting. Okay, so let me just tell you guys this. So when we are born, we are only born with a subconscious mind. Our conscious mind is formed based on everything that we take in from birth through the age of seven. So for those of you who have children that are under seven, you still have time to shift and change the patterns that are going to replicate in their life in every seven years as a result of what you're doing right now. So even when you can't afford it, there's a way to express yourself so that your children do not feel that their worth or worthiness is tied to the way that you see money. Because the way you see money is really about the way you see yourself. And if you could see yourself the way that God has always seen you, the true living God, not the God that you may have met through whatever denomination that you went to because they had to guilt you or scare you into giving your tithe, but truly what God desires for you. If you could see yourself that way, then your worth in no way would be questioned, but also, and most importantly, financially, you wouldn't struggle the way that you struggle. So there's, we have a distinct opportunity to change things. So Every seven years, the patterns, whatever happens in those first seven years will replicate. So for me, it was year six when I had a money trauma. And you know, Patrice, every six years, 
in a seven-year pattern until I was well into my 30s, I had a money trauma. Mm. I filed bankruptcy on the sixth year of my seven-year pattern when I filed bankruptcy. Wow. How did you figure that out? So you went back. Oh, wow. That's good. (laughs) My therapist had us do, had me do this exercise where, and literally every single one of you, you can do this. Take a sheet of paper, turn it long ways, horizontal and number it one to seven, eight to 14, 15 to 21, et cetera, et cetera, all the way up into your age. Go back as far as you possibly can for everything. So Look at fear this way. You can look at unforgiveness this way. You can look at money this way. Look at everything, relationship patterns. Go back as far as you can and think about the memory you got there, then trace the steps. How many times do you see that same thing show up in your life experience? That's what happens until we learn how to break those patterns. Oh, this is so good. And I'm so glad that you even mentioned how you made this connection in therapy because you know here- Mm -hmm. Fit pillar is first. Becoming your best self is about being mentally and physically well. But having a therapist even suggest, you know, that is really good. And for those of you who say, well, I can't find a therapist in my area, please remember that you can go to betterhelp.com slash RW and get connected with a therapist. We will link in the show notes because this is the work that is so important. And this is a part of what stops people from their move to millions. You have to go and deal with this. You have to. You cannot conquer what you are unwilling to confront and you are not going to get the desire that you hold unless you're willing to do the work to unlock the desire. And people think that it's strategy. If I just, if I just learn how to do challenges, if I just start doing, you know, whatever, if I go live every day and if I do a real, like it's not the strategy. That's why Redefining Wealth was born. Yeah. Right. Because as a personal finance expert in media, People wanting to ask those questions, those skill set questions. Yeah. I'm like, this is not about which budgeting app to use. Your behavior dictates that you exactly. won't stick to any of it. And exactly. we have to see what is controlling your behavior, your beliefs. Right. And the fact that you feel not worthy. Yeah. And that could be one of the beliefs. Yeah. One of many one of beliefs many. that yeah. you have. Oh, this is so good. There's another belief that really stood out to me or something that you say, God whispered to you mm-hmm. and it was let them live on whatever level they settled for. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to throw the whole book <laughs> when I read that. I had to like set it down, come back to it. And, you know, I'm dramatic. So I said, oh, that was me. I mean, I'm literally in my car driving and I hear this, the voice of the Lord say, I will let them live on whatever level they settle for. Girl, I had to pull my car over. <sighs> And then I was like, God, you need to repeat yourself because I want to make sure I heard you correctly. And here's the thing. No matter what level you're on, it's the one you're settling for. We, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about y'all. It isn't all bad, though. It's not. But I'm just saying. Wherever I you are, you're settling for that. I don't want to hear that. Especially when you're in a little season you don't really like and you have to take full ownership of the fact. That your lack of obedience, Mm -hmm. that your lack of accountability, that your lack of forgiveness, that your lack of being open to mentorship and coaching is why you are staying there. But see, we don't, I would prefer to just blame you. Correct. Because it's just easier. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let them settle. What? Let them live on whatever level they settled for. Okay, so you said settle doesn't have to be bad. It doesn't I mean, have to give be us bad. some give us some context. So, can we talk about you? Sure. And can we talk about the level that you are settling? And you're like settling in. 
I to am this level. settling into a new season. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Go ahead, friend. So what you see? Yeah. I mean, like, first of all, I think what I love and I tell you this all the time is that you are so today unapologetic about Patrice and what Patrice wants and what she desires and what she's willing to take and allow to come into. You say, I have to protect my peace, right? Mm -hmm. I have to be radically honest about what I require to experience peace. Mm -hmm. That is settling. And that is the best version of a settle. Now, we we always think Mm -hmm. that settling is just, I'm with this no good man, or I'm in this no good business with these no good clients, or I'm working this no good job because no, anything that you have is what you have decided to settle in or settle for. And you always have the opportunity to get your next level of everything. So when the settle isn't positive, when you don't feel to your core that you are exactly where you are supposed to be in this season, then you can do that introspective look. You can do one of the self-assessments that you talk Mm -hmm. about a lot and some of those journal prompts that you love to give. And you can get out of settling for that level and start moving into settling into your next. And it's totally okay. Mm -hmm. It's totally okay. And it's not all bad. And that's the power of framing. Mm -hmm. Just how do you want to frame that? Yeah. That is so good. And I am settling in. You are. I Girl, love and it. it looks good on it. <laughs> Listen. Look into, I am. Let, look into the camera. Let the people look at you. Yes. yes. I am settling in. And you know what? Even in settling in, this is probably the least liked that mm-hmm. I feel. Yeah. Like making a choice for me to mm-hmm. be radically honest mm-hmm. and to redefine wealth truly for myself and to do all of the work mm-hmm. has really released an attachment to what other people think about yeah, it. And absolutely. that settling in is what is creating such joy mm-hmm. for me in my life right and now. And you're scaling joy. And I'm scaling joy. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, she a purpose chaser. She <laughs> listened to the podcast. Okay. There's something else that you talked about that really stood out to me. And then we'll do the framework, but it's the Moses moment. Mm-hmm. This is where you question if you are really who God is sending for in this season. Mm-hmm. I know I've had several Moses moments, mm-hmm. but kind of go deeper into that. Yeah. So a Moses moment, if you know the story of Moses from the Bible, there are a million reasons why Moses should not have been the one that God sent for, that he called to go to Pharaoh to release the children of Israel. And he tried to give God every single one of those excuses. And God said, I'm sending you. And eventually Moses relents and he says, okay, well, who do I say sent me, right? I am that I am. So whenever you're having a moment when you question if it's you, even though you know you heard the voice of God, I know I heard God say move to millions. I know I heard it. But that did not stop me from questioning, was I really prepared in this season to lead this charge? And I had my moment and I allowed God to talk me down off the ledge. And then I got to work. I did what I had to do. And I think we get our Moses moments, honestly. You know, there are those who would say we're being humble, right? Mm-hmm. And and being humble is really just higher, is hiding because honestly, Confidence is humility, mm. right? And and recognizing that you being confident is thanking God for creating you. Oh, wait a minute. Look into the camera. Say that again. 
you being confident is thanking God for creating you. That's confidence. And there's nothing wrong with being confident. And humility is confidence. Because if we think about what humble really means, it means that I know who I am. I know my power. I know what I possess. And I am choosing in this moment to not allow you to separate me from what I know to be true about myself. That's confidence. All day and twice on Sunday. All day long. Ooh. Yeah. That's so good. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) That's so good. And I feel energetically, especially for women entrepreneurs, that we are rising in that level of power Mm -hmm. that comes from embracing this awareness or awakening, as Mm -hmm. I call it, and the authenticity that unapologetic feeling of like, I am clear on who God called me to be. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I will not cower to your perceptions of what you think this is. Correct. Baby, that is a part of the move to millions. Oh, it is. It is. It's so much more than the strategy. Now, we did mastery. The M stands for mastery. We did all of the strategy stuff. And we did that first because we know that's what everybody really wants. Like they're mm-hmm. looking to crap, open the book to find some secret sauce or pill that if they just did this thing, it'll make a difference. But you really need the O, the V, and the E. <laughs> okay, let's finish it out. Yeah, so M is for mastery. O is operational obedience. V is vision. And E is execution. So you need mastery, obedience, vision, and execution to get to and beyond the million dollar mark. All of it together. You can't pick and choose one or the other. You have Mm -hmm. to be willing to do all of the work in order to get all of the result. Well, as an attendee of Move to Millions last year or earlier this year, you rocked my world. Oh, you really did. It was such a blessing. And I also believe it was so strategic, like Mm -hmm. it was divine Mm -hmm. that I ended up being able to attend in person. Yes, ahead of Redefining Wealth Live, Mm -hmm. but also going through those things, the mastery, the operational obedience, Mm -hmm. the vision casting, essentially, and the execution. It allowed me to refine my own vision. Mm -hmm. And as I've become more clear about how Redefining Wealth should evolve in the marketplace, I'm When I tell you, if they think they saw something, friend, before, (laughs) oh, my gosh. And I just want to thank you for standing in your truth, for allowing yourself to be used to document this proven framework to become a million-dollar CEO with grace and ease. Mm -hmm. That's actually two of the words I said that I would add to every goal I have. Mm -hmm. I did a podcast episode about this years ago. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when God puts something on our hearts to do, we instantly think of the hustle and grind piece right. and we're like, oh, I don't know. That sounds like a lot. Da, da, da. But I love that the way this is laid out, it's designed to allow you to walk into it. Not that it'll be easy, Mm-mm. but that we could do it with grace and ease yeah. and guidance right. from someone who's been there, done that. But you are transparent mm-hmm. and you are authentic and you are kind and clearly forgiven because you be still <laughs> Coaching people that had owe her money. That is a blessing. I am evolving, baby. I am evolving. <laughs> yes. I'm well, so and proud. I have people around me who won't let me do that anymore because it you get taken yeah. advantage of, right? When yeah, when you are nice, when you operate in grace, you do get taken advantage of. But you know, and I I appreciate all of those words. Thank you so much. Like this, when I say this is the book that I was born to write, mm. I'm telling y'all, and God has already dropped in my spirit the next book. And I am so clear that when this book is out in the world, the planet will shake. 
Yes. The planet will shake. And you'll learn how to take your business to the million dollar mark. <laughs> yes. Yes. And at the time this is dropping, you also did an audio book, right? Mm-hmm. So there's an audio book. A private podcast. A yeah. private podcast that mm-hmm. is a companion mm-hmm. to this book as well. And how do we get the book today? Yeah. Move to millionsbook.com. Yes. How do you want us to help spread the word? Because perp- you are a purpose chaser. I am a purpose chaser. I just want to be clear. If none of you comment on YouTube, if no one rates or reviews the podcast episode, I know it's one person on a treadmill somewhere in Delaware. <laughs> somewhere. That's going to text me and say, friend, that was good. <laughs> Listen, every week, every week, every week, every week. Yeah, I, I, my desire for this book, God's desire for this book is that every person who has their own business that has not realized the million dollar floor because making a million dollars per year in your business at a minimum is the floor. And the reason why it's the floor is because of what is said in first Timothy chapter six, verse 17. So most of us know first Timothy chapter six and 10 for the love of money is the root of all evil for they that coveteth after have erred from the faith. And that has called them caused them sorrow. And I'm not going to talk about that except to say the phrase for the love of money is not what you think it is because the Bible was written in three languages and none of them were English. So the translation is the word avarice, which means extreme greed. So what that scripture is really saying is extreme greed is the root of all evil. But let's go down to verse 17. And Paul is talking to Timothy, who's a new leader and is going to be exposed to wealthy people. And so Paul tells Timothy, when you encounter a wealthy person, because it's okay to be wealthy, Mm y'all, this is what I want you to tell them. Number one, don't be arrogant or high minded. Number two, do good works. And number three, never forget the source of your wealth. If you are to have millions and it's your birthright, don't be arrogant or high minded. Do good deeds. I have a whole foundation, the Incredible One Foundation. We support the children of incarcerated parents and we teach them entrepreneurship as an alternative to following in their family's footsteps. And God is my source. And I know that. And I show up fully no matter what, because I know where my abundance comes from. And so that is why I have more money than I can give, spend, invest, or save. And I'm sharing this with you because I want you to know that if God could make it happen for me, the little brown girl from the projects of Wilmington, Delaware, born to drug addicted term, crack addicted parents, he could absolutely make it happen for you, whoever you are today. I believe success leaves clues. And I wrote this book to give you the success clues. There is more than one way to make millions. I share that no matter which way you are endeavoring to make millions, you need the move to millions method, which is the proven framework. You need the right strategy, the right sales infrastructure, the right systems, the right support, and the right success mindset is agnostic. I don't care how you decide to do it. You need those five. That is the framework that will get you to and beyond the million dollar mark in a way that honors you today and allows you to leave a financial legacy. Yes, pass down your recipes. But let's leave them something they can fold so that they can make some change in the world. That's what this is about, using your business to be the vehicle that God intended for you to bring wealth into your lineage. That's what it's about for me. So get a copy, 
Buy five copies. Tell your friends to get a copy. (laughs) Tell everybody to get a copy. I promise you, this will be one of the best books you have ever read. The way that I don't, it had to be God, the way I weave these stories in to the principles that I want to teach you. And it's so good. It's so good. And that's what I love too, because we retain more with the stories. Mm -hmm. And I think you did do a beautiful job. And even knowing you, like, I didn't know half of the things that you shared. I knew the high level things mm-hmm. I've heard you say on your podcast or on stages or just in conversation. But also it just, which is what I think is important. It humanizes someone who has this level of success mm-hmm. so that we can pick up, you know, the crumbs Absolutely. from where you are and, and related to our own story Absolutely. and just know. That we can take the same path. God is no respecter of person. Absolutely. I put my panties on one leg at a time, just like y'all ladies. <laughs> Unless I'm in a rush, then I jump into them. But you know, <laughs> that doesn't happen every day. Right. But yeah, this is good, friend. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm excited. You guys get a copy of Move to Millions. And like Danielle said, don't get, get one for yourself. Don't be selfish. Get five for your friends. If you are an entrepreneur, it's probably something you also want to pass on to your mastermind friends, folks who are in the same communities as you do it as a book club, but this is a game changer. And it's not just the skill set stuff, which is what we keep coming back to. It's the internal work. It's the personal development and the spiritual growth that has to accompany the strategy. You can't just strategize alone. Mm -mm. It's not enough. You can't just do the external things. This is also about changing the roots, digging those old limiting beliefs up and those Mm -hmm. thoughts and Going back and doing the exercise that Darnell even suggested about the seven-year cycle and where those things happen, do that work so that you can actually hold and experience the fruit that you say you desire. Yes. So thank you for being here, Darnell. Where can we follow you in social media? At Darnell Jervie Harmon everywhere. Awesome. You guys, grab a copy of the book. I hope that this episode blessed you. And until next time... We want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment, and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. Mm -hmm.